What's up, Jayhawk Nation? Welcome in to the Friday game day edition of Locked On Jayhawks. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Sean Kellerman, Learfield IMG College broadcaster and University of Kansas insider. This is Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, giving you insight, numbers, and a chance to hear from all the voices within Kansas athletics. Got a lot to get to today. Obviously, we're going to preview UNC Greensboro, KU's uh, home opener tonight as the Jayhawks 0-1 following their setback to Duke in the Champions Classic 68-66 on Tuesday. So they're going to face a Spartans team that won their first game 83-50 over North Carolina A&T. And it's not going to be easy. KU comes in as a 14.5 point favorite. But this is a team that returns four starters from last year due to the Spartans. And uh, they they lose the top score, but they're always seemingly in the talk in regards to NCAA tournament. And they were one of the last teams not to be invited to the tournament last year after making it as a 13 seed in 2018. So we'll certainly talk about that as the show goes on. But we're going to get our Friday Five picks in segment two. And we're going to hear a lot from Bill Self, Tristan Inaruna, and Ochai Abaji as they were made available to the media yesterday. All right, well, first thing we're going to do is look back at this Duke game. We've talked a little bit about it, broken it down each of the last couple days since the atrocity that was the Champions Classic in which KU turned it over 28 times in that game, which was two off a school record. And the total number of turnovers in that game of 44 easily surpassed the record uh, previously held by a Kansas versus West Virginia game in terms of total turnovers. A 2015 matchup between the Hawks and the Mountaineers totaled 38 total turnovers, so 44 in the Champions Classic of all games between KU and Duke. And KU had the majority of those, of course, with the 28. Bill Self was asked yesterday if it was more because of his guys not taking care of the ball and just throwing it to the other team or out of bounds, or if it was more Duke's defense. There's no defense in America that can force 28 turnovers. you got to help them do that. And, and so, But they did force their fair share, and then, and then we got sped up, and then we contributed to it as well. We were awful in transition offense, and, and, and those were opportunities that we had to you know, put points on the board. But if you go back and watch the tape, Duke's best offense was our offense. And, and, and usually when we don't play well, that's a, that's a big reason why. But that's a credit to them as well. Just really uncharacteristic for the Jayhawks to turn the ball over that many times. And we talked about the ball security, how it was so good the first two exhibition games. Seven turnovers against Fort Hayes State and four against Pitt State. MIAA competition, but still KU was able to get in their half-court offense and kind of do whatever they wanted when they had possession of the ball. And without possession of the ball against Duke, they couldn't get anything set up. We have no idea what their half-court offense is going to look like this season. At least, if you'd only seen that game and didn't know much about the personnel, you'd be wondering who this Kansas team really is. Perhaps most surprising was the fact that KU's backcourt and Devon Dotson and Ochai Abaji, they combined for 11 turnovers and had just two assists, just completely opposite of what you expect from not only those two guys, but from guys running the show at a perennial program like Kansas in general. Tristan Inaruna, who had a pretty solid debut, he had five points. He did have a couple turnovers himself. He talked to media members yesterday about what he thought caused the turnovers. I think everything. You know, we, we obviously it's a new group of guys, um, and it's the first real, real season game. So I think all of those factors played a role in it. Um, and, uh, you know, just just like I said, the first game, you know, things like that can happen. Um, and I think it's something that we can learn from, that we actually are going to learn from uh, 
because it's just not the way we play. You know, it's not the way we've been practicing. So um, I'm not really worried about it happening again. So the Jayhawks did do some good things. We haven't talked a lot about that after such an ugly opener, but the Hawks did do some good things, but it seemed like every time they did something good, it turned into something bad, such as a turnover. And a lot of the problem was in transition. KU looked out of sync in transition, didn't look comfortable, and didn't take advantage when they had opportunities. Ochai Abaji talked to media members yesterday about some of the problems in that game against Duke. Some plays we had um, throughout the course of the game where, where, uh, where we had the chance to make the, an extra pass or something like that, just, just playing unselfishly, um, giving the ball up earlier. I know I had some uh, mistakes during the game when I, when I had the opportunity to do that. But just giving the ball up earlier, uh, looking for the open man when, when he's open, obviously, and um, just playing with each other and sharing the ball. Sharing the ball, really a staple of Bill Self teams ever since he became a head coach. And now, of course, he's a Hall of Fame head coach. Um, and that was not a Bill Self coach team. It didn't look like a Bill Self coach team, I should say, on Tuesday. And we're used to seeing a lot of assists on a lot of field goals, a lot of moving the ball around and sharing it. And like Ochai just said, that was not the case on Tuesday in the loss against Duke. Bill Self also talked about how this game, you know, he said earlier this week that it could be a positive if KU is able to spin it into a positive, but he talked about how there's definitely room to improve. I know that there's a lot of room for improvement, and I know that having Isaiah, when he gets back out there, will certainly add a different dimension to it. I was impressed with how Tristan played, primarily in the first half, but we can't play our starters 38, 38, 35. Uh, we, we, we can't do it. And, and uh, that's on me to get confidence in our young guys, but it's also on them to come in and play a way that, that gives our team the best chance to. And that's the constant balance, right? We talked about how we didn't get a lot of bench production in this game. You had five points from Inaruna and then three free, three free throws from Silvio DeSosa, and that was it. Just two field goals made combined for the bench. Jalen Wilson only played two minutes. Christian Brown only played four minutes. And like Coach just said, you don't want the starters out there that often. I think maybe that was more of an emotional play for, for the coaching staff because, you know, it's a blue blood. It's a Champions Classic. You don't want to lose that game. I think moving forward, you'll see definitely a lot more uh, of the bench. And hopefully that begins tonight against UNC Greensboro. And one of these guys, like Coach said, at least one of these guys is going to have to step up, whether it's you know, Inaruna, Brown, or Wilson, to kind of become that uh, you know, first freshman to really – make an impact and be able to be the guy who's on the court and give these veteran guards particularly a chance to to come off the court and have a breather. And, uh, of course, Isaiah Moss, we're not sure if he'll play tonight either, but that would be a welcome sight. Moss, whether he plays tonight or not, you know, he'll have a week after. So if they decide to not play him tonight, KU's next game is not until a week from tonight against Monmouth. That game also at Allen Fieldhouse. So hopefully Isaiah is out there tonight, but if not, hopefully he's 100% by the Monmouth game a week from tonight. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to hear more from the guys, of course. We'll go through our Friday Five picks and obviously preview UNC Greensboro, the matchup tonight in the home opener here in Lawrence at Allen Fieldhouse between the Hawks and the Spartans. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The other four losses we've had in the Champions Classic, we end up being a one or a two seed every year. So, uh, you know, so I don't believe that that's a, a disaster by any chance. That's Bill Self talking about the uh, four previous losses for the Jayhawks in the Champions Classic and how those 
Seasons ended up finishing all right. I think that's fair to say. KU, following their loss to Duke on Tuesday, is now four and five in the event. Duke improved to six and three, but just one and two against Kansas. The second game, interestingly enough, of that Champions Classic, the uh, quote-unquote underdog won that one as well as Kentucky defeated Michigan State. Michigan State was ranked number one in the country. They are just three and six in the nine-year history of the Champions Classic, and Kentucky is five and four. So pretty good parity throughout, but Duke at six and three has the best record. KU falls to four and five. They've not been over 500 yet. They started 0-2 and have been uh, trying to claw their way back. They were 4-4, four and four, of course, before losing on Tuesday. But anyway, point is, Bill Self is uh, not going to let this one loss get in the way of any potential success this team could have because nor- just like many other games in November, December, even January, what happens in the game does not really affect how people view your season. For Kansas, it's all about winning the Big 12 title again, getting back on that train and starting another streak, hopefully, and of course having success in the NCAA tournament something that we always want. All right, we're going to hear more from Bill Self. He's going to talk about Devon Dotson, Silvio DeSosa, and then, of course, the final segment we'll preview UNC Greensboro a little bit more, but want to get into our Friday Five. Five lines I like in the upcoming sports weekend, and there's a lot going on. College Hoops now is back into play. NFL football, of course, is in Week 10, and what a weekend it is for college football There are so many marquee games this weekend, highlighted, of course, by LSU going to Tuscaloosa. That's number two versus number three. Alabama is a six-point favorite in that game. Big Ten battle, Iowa, number 18, is plus nine at number 13, Wisconsin. And then we're going to start in the Friday Five with another Big Ten top 25 matchup. It's number 17, Minnesota, hosting number four, Penn State. Penn State, of course, would be in the college football playoff ahead of Clemson if the season ended today. Minnesota is plus seven in that game. Both teams are eight and zero, oh, and I like Minnesota with the points here because seven is a good number, and I just like what PJ Fleck is doing with the Golden Gophers team. Kind of reminds me of the 06, 07, 08 Kansas regime with Mark Mangino, just kind of slowly building the program up. Minnesota, for the first time in 14 years, beat Wisconsin in football last year. And they're just, they're on the right direction. You know, they're kind of, uh, you don't want to say small market because it's just a college, but that's kind of the vibe you get. You know, they're not one of the marquee names in the Big Ten, but here they are in the top 25, and I think that place will be rowdy. Minnesota covers the seven against Penn State. One other college football line that I like, and we're going to stay in the Big Ten, and I just, I hate this, but I like it enough to bet it. Maryland is plus 43 and a half. At number one, Ohio State. Ohio State is going to be without Chase Young. That was just announced this morning. The Chase Young uh, potential NCAA impermissible benefit situation. He will not play perhaps college football's best pass rusher. And I think that is just enough to let Maryland recover the 43.5. It's not going to be pretty, but I think that is the right bet in that game. All right. I'm going to do the Sunday NFL game first. Let's go Baltimore minus 10.5 at Cincinnati for my lone NFL bet of the week. I really don't understand why this line isn't bigger. I get it's at Cincinnati, but Cincinnati is not starting Andy Dalton for, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad for this bet. They're going with a fourth-round pick, Ryan Finley at quarterback. But Baltimore is so much better than this 0-8 Bengals team. I don't understand why it's only 10.5. So 
Normally when I don't understand why a line is what it is, I shouldn't bet it, but I'm not doing that this time. I'm keeping it at Baltimore minus 10.5. I think they're significantly better than Cincinnati, and I think that game is a blowout at Paul Brown Stadium. All right, college hoops games, and these are both tonight. Pretty solid slate of college basketball tonight, which we're all excited about. Of course, there's a lot of games on Fridays when college football is still going on, and that's the case. All right, two teams I like tonight. In the Big 12, Baylor minus 5 against Washington. That game is being played in Anchorage, Alaska as part of the Armed Forces Classic, and I'm, I'm really high on Baylor this year. They're ranked 16th in the country. They've got a super sophomore in Jared Butler who dropped 30 in the Bears' first game, and Washington's a team that's lost four of their starters from last year. They do add Quade Green, the transfer from Kentucky, but they lost so much of their production and the other thing is these teams kind of play similarly with a zone I think it's a bad matchup for Washington in terms of talent I think Baylor covers the five points tonight in the Armed Forces Classic other basketball game I like rounding out the Friday five the Catamounts for Vermont they visited Allen Fieldhouse last year I like them minus four at St. Bonaventure Vermont basketball has a lot of talent if you guys remember when they played the Jayhawks last year they have a lot of guys who can score the Duncan brothers Everett Duncan and Robin Duncan and then Anthony Lamb is a stud he's a senior Steph Smith is a junior he had a big game at Allen Fieldhouse and then they've got Ben Shungu down low I just like this Vermont team they return a lot of guys they're a veteran team and I think four points against not a very good St. Bonaventure team even though it's on the road should be easy enough for the Catamounts to cover all right, so recapping the Friday Five, two college football games. I like Minnesota plus seven at home against Penn State. Maryland plus 43.5 on the road in Columbus against Ohio State. NFL game on Sunday, Baltimore minus 10.5 at the Bengals. And then two games tonight in college hoops world, Baylor minus five against Washington and Vermont minus four at St. Bonaventure. We know the Jayhawks have a big game tonight. Uh, first game at Allen Fieldhouse, the official regular season in 2019-20, a season that uh, there's a lot of high expectations for this talented and deep KU team. But it all kind of centers around Devon Dotson, right? He's the guy who runs the show for this KU team. And he had a forgettable performance with that six turnover, one assist game against Duke. Bill Self talked about what he expects for Devon moving forward after watching that game. Run a team. Yeah, I'm running a team. I thought I thought that that was a a, a, a game. You know, we, we we said this before, and it, and it, it, this is not a knock on Devon because I think he's terrific. But you know that that's a game before that that Frank and Devonte loved to be a part of. You know, it's a one possession game, last two minutes. You know, we're just going to get a stop. You know, that that type of situation, and and we'll we'll grow into that. But it's it's still a little little new to him. Uh, maybe having that responsibility, uh, but but in order for us to be a really good team, you know, he's got to, to be that because he's the one guy that can do it, and and I believe he will. There's no one more important to the success of this Kansas team than Devon Dotson, and I truly believe that no one will take the loss to Duke harder than Devon Dotson. Such a competitor, he's not going to be happy with his performance. He's not going to be happy with the loss, and I expect a great game from him tonight. And uh, moving forward, as I think he can certainly be in the conversation for not only Big 12 Player of the Year, but National Player of the Year come seasons. And we're going to hear more from Bill Self. He's going to talk about some of the bigs, and then we'll hear from Self and the guys about UNC Greensboro in our final segment. First, let me tell you that with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. 
Just go to GetRoman.com slash Locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. The Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. Final segment here on this Friday game day edition of Locked On Jayhawks. Jayhawks taking on UNC Greensboro tonight, 8 o'clock at Allen Fieldhouse. Shoot me a follow on Twitter at Sean Kellerman or uh, at LO underscore Jayhawks to follow the show. You can message me or tweet at me, whatever you'd like. If you'd like some more content, anything else, let me know. Let me know how bad my Friday 5 picks are. 5 and 10 and 1 entering this. Just went over those the last segment. Basketball entering. I'm hoping that's going to be a good thing moving forward. All right, we know what happened on Tuesday with the loss to Duke, and we talked about how there wasn't a lot of bench production to go along with the ridiculous number of turnovers, to be quite honest. But from the bench, you got five points out of Inaruna on two made field goals, and you got three made free throws out of Silvio de Sosa, and that was it. And Silvio is a guy, he started the first exhibition game for the Jayhawks, and of course, as a junior, this is now his third year with the program. Even though he didn't play any games last year and played about half the season, his freshman season, you know, he hasn't quite gotten into his groove yet, which I guess makes sense at this point when he hasn't played too much college ball. Here's Bill Self yesterday talking about Silvio. He's thinking, and, and he needs to get his motor turned up. I mean, there were some, you guys saw, there were some balls the other day playing way below the rim or backboard, uh, uh, you know, had a uncontested tip in that he went with one hand, you know, and, and stuff and, and, and everything. And he's more than capable. He's just thinking too much, you know. Uh, uh, he'll get it. One guy Coach Self was pleased with in Tuesday's game was David McCormick. McCormick played 29 minutes, and he even played with two fouls late in the first half instead of Yudoka Azubuki or Silvio DeSosa because Coach just felt like it was worth it. I mean, David was giving you minutes, and Doak and Silvio were not given coach what he wanted and uh coach talked about how silvio and david are still both kind of adjusting to this new role he and david are both five men playing playing the, a different position you know and and so that doesn't mean that they can't play the four and the positions can't be interchangeable but when you're going to play around doke you need to be able to do some things because doke isn't going to it, it ain't going to move from very far from the basket. So, so uh, those are things that he'll get better at. And, and certainly when he played two years ago, you know, our four-man was Fee or LeGerald. So it was, it's a little bit different than what it, what, it is, uh, what it is now. We'll certainly keep our eye on Silvio and David. And again, you limit the turnovers tonight. It'd be nice to be able to see what this team can do in the half court since Silvio, David, and Yudoka Azubuki are all guys that we think can work and can operate with their back to the basket. And we just did not get a chance to see that very often on Tuesday. UNC Greensboro, let's talk a little bit about them. First off, it's it's not a big name, right? You just played Duke, so is that going to be a problem when you're facing a mid-major team? Here's Ochai Abaji yesterday talking about that. Coaches definitely uh, uh, emphasize you know, how, how big of a uh, challenge this game is tomorrow, um, how good of a team they are, uh, returning four starters and all that. And their record last year was, was pretty solid. So um, a team like that coming in, um, after a loss, uh, you know, we got to bounce back and focus on that. This is a UNC Greensboro team that last year went 29-7 and in the conference that Wofford and Furman are in. That's uh, 
awfully impressive. It was a top-heavy conference. Wofford was 18-0 in the conference. Of course, they gave Kentucky a run for their money in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Then you had UNC Greensboro at 15-3, and and then East Tennessee State and Furman were both 13-5 in their conference. So Greensboro, a 29-win team last year. They were a bubble team all up until the picks were revealed, or the teams were revealed on Selection Sunday. And uh, some people said that they were the last team to not make it to the tournament. So they went to the NIT and won a game there. But uh, it's a program on the rise. And, of course, we know all about players from North Carolina and how many different uh, Division I basketball schools there are in Carolina because it's kind of a basketball hotbed. So Greensboro, they do lose their top scorer from last year, but they returned the other four starters. They won their first game 83-50 to over the North Carolina A&T Aggies. And in that game, it was Caleb Hunter. He's a sophomore scoring 17 points with seven rebounds. Isaiah Miller had 13 points, six boards, three assists, and three steals. And they had 10 different players score and four different players in double figures in a blowout win at home. And it's just, it's one of those teams that is a top-tier team in their conference, and that's who Kansas consistently schedules. We know about Wofford, how KU played them at home last year. Louisiana was near the top of their league last year. Kansas had a home date with them. And I talked earlier about Vermont and my Friday Five, how they are always going to be at the top of their conference and going to be veteran teams who are going to come in. They've got talented guys. They just don't play for big-name schools. Here's Coach Self talking about the Spartans. They're good. Uh, they, they did lose their leading scorer from last year, and he was a terrific player. But watching tape, very impressed with Wes's bunch. Uh, uh, they switched defenses. They were going to press the whole game uh, to slow people down and, and then also look to steal as well. And, and they're, they're really athletic. Uh, really athletic and so they match up with us you know athletically uh pretty well so uh, they're not as big as we are you know inside but but certainly they got a legitimate shot blocker that's you know that could be considered to be the best athlete on the court so so uh, i like their team and and you know if you look at it, last year wofford ended up beating them uh three times but they beat each tennessee state twice and you know they were the they were the last team i was told uh uh, just the other day, they were the last team not to get in. Uh, uh, and, you know, there was an upset in a conference tournament or they would have gotten that large bid. So, yeah, it's, that's hard to do from a, from a right. mid-major league. So they obviously are very capable. The shot blocker Coach Self talking about is James Dickey, and he averaged eight boards and two blocks a game last year. They also had Kyron Galloway. Both Dickey and Galloway had three blocks in Greensboro's opening victory. Should be a fun one. Kind of scary to hear that they could match up athletically with the Jayhawks since we have a lot of stellar athletes on our team. But it's going to be a good battle, I'd imagine, and KU certainly um, is going to be ready. I mean, they, they're going to be ticked after their loss. We don't like having a losing record by any stretch and going to be yet another test. But hopefully in front of 16,300, the Jayhawks can get back on the right foot. Thanks so much for listening today. We got a chance to hear a lot from Bill Self, Ochai Abaji, and Tristan Inaruna. Looking forward to this game tonight, and we'll, of course, break it down on Monday, the next edition of Locked on Jayhawks. A product of the Locked on Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories, and rock chalk, Jayhawk.